the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. We are all Americans. But apparently only some of us are worthy of that designation. You heard the unifying president yesterday. You heard the man who said he's going to be the president of all people, not just Republicans, not just Democrats, but everybody, and bring us all together in the wake of the terrible, um, the uh, terrible, uh, divisive president, uh, President Donald J. Trump. After all of his division, the unity was going to come from Joe Biden. That's what we were told. Well, if Joe Biden's version of being an American is what it really means to be an American, then I think many of us do not want to be called Americans. The reality of the situation, though, as we get started on this Wednesday, the 12th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord 22, is that we know what it means to be a real American, and we know what it means to support democracy. Not a democracy, because we are not in a democracy, which so many of those on the left, both in Congress and on air and on television, seem to misunderstand. We are not a democracy, democracy, but we believe in and we support democracy. And we understand what it means, and we understand what they are trying to do to it with this extraordinary attempt to try to stop the red tsunami that's coming their way in November. And with that... I do wish you a very good morning, and I appreciate you joining us, as I always do. I like to run down the guest list. It's a short one today, but it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a really interesting one, too, when I tell you about it uh, for this uh, Wednesday edition. Coming up in uh, about a half an hour, we're going to talk to Bernie Moreno. Bernie Moreno is a Senate candidate, and Bernie Moreno is a target now of many on the left in Northeast Ohio. I can't speak to the rest of Ohio, but I can tell you in Northeast Ohio that I've read and heard enough to know that Bernie Moreno, Bernie Moreno is being attacked for being a legal immigrant and celebrating it. 
particularly by way of comparing and contrasting it to illegal immigrants. He's right. His commercials are spot on, but they have made him the target for those who have called him a racist. That's right. A man born in Colombia, a man whose family uh, is from Colombia, came to the United States the legal way. So he's a Latino. He is being called a racist, uh, and he's being called a xenophobe for believing in legal American immigration and opposing illegal American, or excuse me, uh, illegal immigration to the United States. So uh, Bernie Moreno will be joining me at 935 to talk about that and a little bit more. He's taking a lot of heat for a lot of things as this race continues to heat up. Now we're within four months uh, of the actual election, primary election in May. So Bernie Moreno will be joining me at 935. I'll have a ton of time to talk about uh, everything Joe Biden did yesterday to divide this country, the great uniter to divide this country uh, in a ridiculously uh, insane and inflammatory speech down in Georgia. I almost said the devil went down to Georgia when I started this show. I thought better of it, but because he's not the devil, but he may be doing some of his bidding. But he went down to Georgia yesterday to divide this country in uh, in some extraordinary ways, and it's something we are all going to have to push and fight back against. Before we do that pushing, before we do that fighting, what do you say we do indeed bring people together? Let's stand. If you are a patriot, let's bring you together with one another. Let's stand. If you are a patriot, please face a flag if you have one. If you're a patriot, go ahead and put your hand over your heart and join us for this Pledge of Allegiance. Now, when I say I want to bring people together, it may sound a little bit contradictory for me to say if you are not a patriot, if you are a Biden voter, if you are a believer in any of the divisiveness that he spoke with spoke of yesterday, then by all means. Take your knee next to your favorite quarterback, who we know you don't care about this country anyway. But if you are a Democrat who cares about this country, if you are a leftist who actually believes in the truth of America and its foundation, then join us and stand for our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all all right so the unifying president joseph r biden went down to georgia yesterday to argue on behalf of destroying the country now you may say oh shut up that's hyperbolic that's exaggerated that's melodramatic no it's none of those things He went down to Georgia with a goal of destroying the country. And what do I mean by that? I mean the foundational principles upon which this country was built. Chief among them, as our government was uh, was written, essentially, was was built, um, is something called the Senate filibuster, the legislative filibuster. The legislative filibuster was put into place essentially to make sure that if we are going to do something that is going to dramatically change our government and thus our country, it's going to need to have bipartisan support. It's going to need to have two-thirds of the United States Senate, which is a 100-member body. It's going to need two-thirds of the people to change and to eliminate or to uh, or to just get rid of and dismantle a legislative filibuster. It's going to take two-thirds of that Senate body to pass uh, new laws, 
that are going to change the way this country does things like, mm, I don't know, vote. And so what the Biden administration, the unifier himself, President Brandon, did yesterday was go down to Georgia and say we're going to destroy that, uh, that tool to ensure that Republicans and Democrats must come together with a majority, the two-thirds majority, which no party is going to have. It's going to take people on both sides to come together if we're going to do something that is for the that is such a drastic change that we think is going to be for the betterment of the people of this country. He went down to Georgia yesterday and said, to hell with all of that. To hell with all of that, of all of your foundational principles, to hell with your historical conventions. We're going to lose in November if we don't change the voting rules. So since we're going to lose in November if we don't change the voting rules, we have to blow up that filibuster, then blow up the voting rules, take away states' rights to run their own elections as they were given by the Founding Fathers so that we can avoid that red tsunami that is going to drown all leftists come November. So was it hyperbolic? Was it melodramatic? Was it exaggerated to say that he wants to destroy the country? He wants to destroy how the country votes. The country wouldn't be the nation that it is if we didn't have our system of elections. Free and fair and decided state by state. He wants to eliminate... All of the safeguards, all of the protections for our democracy, again, small d, because it's not a democracy, but for democracy in America, he wants to eliminate all of the safeguards in order to try to avoid the the thrashing that is coming their way. 26, 26 House Democrats now have announced that they are resigning or retiring or going to run for something else somewhere else. They're leaving the House. Because they see the handwriting on the wall. They're going to get voted out anyway. The Republican wave that's coming is not a wave. It is a tidal wave. And Democrats are fleeing it. Joe Biden can't flee it, though. He's president. So he's got to do something, and that is the only thing that he can try to do is try to change the rules. Cheat. Cheat to win. And it's not like it's difficult for them to come up with that concept. They already did it in 2020. Cheat to win. In fact, it worked so well in 2020. Universal mail-in balloting. Accepting ballots five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days after the election, unpostmarked, unsigned, unmonitored drop boxes. Yeah, just go dump in whatever you want. How many times are you voting? How many scribbles are you going to have? How many different signature scribbles are you going to have? Unmonitored drop boxes, ballot harvesting, same day registration. All of the things that they used to cheat and steal in 2020, they want to make, well, uh, permanent, indefinite at the federal level in 2022 and again in 2024. 
That's what this was all about. And he went down there to Georgia yesterday in his, his most divisive fashion and claimed that if you oppose his, his efforts, if you oppose his um, messaging of universal mail-in balloting, federal regulations deciding what states can and cannot pass, requirements for state Secretaries of State to contact and clear through the Justice Department of the federal government any changes they wish to make to their state's election laws. That if you oppose any of that, you are on the wrong side of history. And what side of history did he represent? Well, you heard him. He said that if you'd oppose his efforts to destroy 200-plus years of American foundational history, if you oppose his efforts to rip apart the federal or the uh, state voting or the state voting rights or the rights to run their own elections, if you oppose um, his efforts to make sure that voter ID is banned, voter ID requirements are banned across the country, then you're on the wrong side of history. And your history is, well, on the side of racist, segregationist Democrats. What am I saying? I am saying that he literally listed the worst of the worst when trying to make his comparison of good to bad, from right to wrong, from righteous to evil. He chose Democrats to be on the wrong side. If you don't know enough about George Wallace or Bull Connor or Jefferson Davis, then you need to do a little bit of history. But he said, are you going to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? George Wallace, of course, was the governor of Alabama, known mostly for his strong and staunch segregationist uh, views. Whose side are you going to be on, he asked. Are you going to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? Abraham Lincoln, the Republican who freed the slaves, or Jefferson Davis, who became the president of the Confederate States, who was a Democrat, representing Mississippi in the United States Senate as a Democrat before the Civil War. A man, by the way, for whom Joe Biden fought to restore his citizenship. Restore his citizenship posthumously. In fact, Joe Biden defended George Wallace. George Joe Biden defended Jefferson Davis. Joe Biden defended Bull Connor. Bull Connor was the commissioner for public safety in the city of Birmingham for more than two decades, a Democrat who strongly opposed the civil rights movement in the 1960s. In trying to argue that his side is the right side of history, he actually chose members of his party that were the ones on the wrong side. And it should probably be, you know, it's worth reminding that Joe Biden, while defending and saying kind things about known racists in his party in the past, remains one himself, after all. It was Joe Biden who delivered the eulogy at the funeral for the 
Ku Klux Klan Grand Cyclops himself, Robert Byrd, declaring what a wonderful man he was and what a great friend he was. The same Joe Biden who praised all of these people and many others who said just, what, 12 months ago? 13, 14 months ago, right before the election, said that if you don't vote for Biden, then you ain't black. And I could run down a list. It'll take a half an hour to read all of the racist statements that Joe Biden has made recently, much less throughout 50 years of public life in politics. Joe Biden went down to Georgia yesterday to declare... Republicans who believe in free elections that make it easy to vote, but hard to cheat. That they are the racists. That they are the ones that are trying to stop equality. That they are the ones trying to suppress minority votes. And in doing so, he literally listed people who tried to suppress minority rights who are members of his party. The man is so cognitively out of whack It's hard to put into terms, quite honestly. But this is who he is, and this is what they are. And what he did yesterday was beyond the pale. What he did yesterday in his angry, vitriolic, screaming at the American people to do what he says or go down into history as one of the racists of history, like his fellow Democrats that he listed personally one by one. You agree with him. You do what he says, or you go down in history as a racist Democrat. And he did so while yelling at Republicans. We'll talk more about this right after this. 923 AM 1420, The Answer. Building back bigger. Bigger and better and stronger always right with bob france sometimes they say huge on am 1420 really large the answer but as an institutionalist i believe that the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills debate them vote let the majority prevail And if that bare minimum is blocked, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. Change the Senate rules if we can't win. Change the rules if we can't win. Change the rules if we can't win. Can you imagine such a thing? I can. Because the majority leader in the United States Senate, Chuck Schumer, has said numerous times, you've probably heard the clips, numerous times, that the Republicans, if they don't get all of the judges that they want, they threaten to change the rules by nuking the filibuster. The problem is, Republicans never did that. But Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden have said repeatedly, you can't change the rules during the game just because you don't like the outcome that's coming. Now Joe Biden, in a desperate attempt to save what is going to be a disastrous, on historical levels, presidency, an attempt to stop the red tsunami, 
which would create a massive firewall around which he would never be able to get, a red House majority of 30 to 40 strong, a red Senate majority, three, four, five, maybe as much as six uh, members strong, majorities in both chambers, which would render his last two years of futility impotent. He knows what's coming, and that's why he's down there and saying, let's change the rules in the middle of the game. Taking away the options has a predictable effect. Longer lines at the polls, lines that can last for hours. You've seen it with your own eyes. People get tired. They get hungry. When the Bible teaches us to feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty, the new Georgia law actually makes it illegal. Think of this. I mean, is 2020 and now 22 going into that election it makes it illegal to bring your neighbors your fellow voters food or water while they wait in line to vote actually it doesn't you doddering old buffoon it has always been illegal to give anything of value to people in line as they are voting if you are a representative of a campaign But two neighbors standing in line to vote who see coolers filled with water bottles for just those very reasons are absolutely allowed to walk over and get water bottles and bring them to their neighbors. Sure, lines can be long. Matter of fact, Joe Biden just said that you've, you've probably seen them with your own eyes. I've done more than that. I've stood in them. We all have. And you know what we thought about it? We thought this is our responsibility as American citizens to wait in line and cast our votes. Because at least in doing so, we know everything is secure and everything is on the up and up. And he wants us to believe that long lines are reasons to create universal mail-in voting? They weaponized universal, excuse me, weaponized COVID-19 to create universal mail-in balloting, trying to say basically that everybody can vote absentee with no reason or regard whatsoever. All in the name of what? Making it easy to get more people to vote? No. Making it easier for people to cheat. And what's been the reaction of Republicans in Georgia? Choose the wrong way, the undemocratic way. To them... Too many people voting in a democracy is a problem. <clears throat> so they're putting up obstacles. For example, Too many people voting more than once is indeed an obstacle. It is a problem. Too many people, you rambling old angry man shouting at the clouds in Georgia. Too many people voting who are illegal and thus ineligible to vote. That's a problem. People voting from their graves. Yes, that is a problem, too. People voting when they have moved out of the state to which a ballot has been sent. That is a problem as well. Republicans are dedicated to making sure that our voting laws in Georgia, in Kentucky, in Tennessee, in Florida, in Ohio, and across this country, that it is easy for people to vote, but really, really, really hard for people to cheat. And that is exactly why you went down to Georgia. You and somebody else. 9.30, we'll come right back and talk to Bernie Moreno.
Senate candidate on AM 1420, The Answer. upside down and the majority turns to the left turn to the right always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer all right 9 38 we continue on am 1420 the answer thanks so much for being with us let's talk a little politics now we'll get away from uh, the voting issue for a second or two and let's listen to a campaign ad by uh senate candidate bernie marino i'm bernie marino i'm a pro-trump legal immigrant We came to be Americans. Illegals come because of the freebies. Free money from Biden and to take your job. Free passes for crime because Democrats want their vote, all while bringing drugs and God knows what else into your neighborhood. They're changing our nation. Let's stop them. Build the wall and make English our official language. Let's defend our country. I'm Bernie Marino, and I approve this message. That particular ad, the latest of a round of campaign ads from the Moreno campaign, is drawing particular scorn among a certain population of people in Northeast Ohio. And uh, Bernie Moreno has been kind enough to join me this morning to discuss and maybe respond a little bit to some of the criticism. Bernie, good to have you back on our program. How are you this morning? Oh, thank you for having me, Bob. It's uh, it's amazing, uh, the, the reaction for the left. They hate the idea of somebody who's Hispanic, who's an immigrant, who would be the first statewide elected Hispanic in Ohio history, uh, not towing their line, not believing their baloney dogma that uh, Hispanics uh, want uh, the direction of this country to go that way. Uh, It's actually the exact opposite. You know what I thought of um, when I read some of the criticism that I want to discuss with you, Bernie, is, um, you know, essentially what you're being called now is a Hispanic version of an Uncle Tom, a self-hating, self-loathing person who is of a particular descent that is abandoning and selling out other people who look like him and who come from the same background. You know, we know that terminology, of course, from, uh, you know, the criticism of conservative African-Americans, but I kind of feel like that's what they're calling you to. Oh, absolutely. By the way, that's not even uh, uh, a hidden thing. They, I've, you should see my Twitter messages, my Facebook messages. Uh, they say that directly. They say that I'm a self-loathing, I, I'm a traitor to my race and my background. Uh, the reality is I'm standing up for people who are Hispanic. I'm standing up for immigrants. We want this country to succeed. We want this country to be the, freedom, uh, the beacon of freedom and liberty. And we're sick and tired of them making us feel like we're oppressed and that we need them to help us uh, achieve the American dream. We don't need or want their help. What they want to do is keep us down and and, and control by them. Uh, that's what they want. Bernie, I want to sp- I want to point specifically to an article that was uh, run on a uh, on a news website. I guess we can call it that. Called the Land by a gentleman by the name of Carlton Laster. Um, I, I read this and I had to read it twice uh, just to to comprehend all of the extraordinary statements being made within it um carlton laster wrote an op-ed for the land that says uh i i can i cannot sit back and silently tolerate the racist xenophobic and classist messaging from republican u.s senate candidate bernie moreno locally moreno is known as the owner of a luxury automobile dealership and the leader of blockchain technology company onum a prob a problematic name in its own right 
the name Onam, I can almost, I, I almost can't do this without laughing at the ignorance <laughs> and the stupidity of it all. I mean, I'm seriously, the name Onam writes Carlton Laster, pronounced Onam as in own them, as a black person doesn't always hearken to the idea of cryptocurrency and entrepreneurship, but instead it conjures up the imagery of slavery and oppression. Bernie Moreno. Tell the people they really want to know. Did you name your company "Own Them" as an ode to slavery? <laughs> uh, you, can, you, you know what happens, uh, Bob? When you see racism everywhere, the only thing you'll ever see is racism. That, I feel sorry for Carlton uh, that he has an outlook in life like that. Uh, by the way, it, it stands. It's an acronym. It stands for Ownership Updated and Managed. Uh, because that's what blockchain is. Blockchain is basically just a very sophisticated ledger of ownership titles. That's what our company does. Uh, the idea that it talks about how it conjures up images for Latino communities is just so incredibly, disgustingly ironic. Uh, but I feel sorry for people like that, Bob. They're, they're just very sad individuals. They see racism everywhere. The reality is this country's made incredible strides over the last 50, 60 years. You know, when I came to America 50 years ago last month, maybe there was some overt racism out there. Today, you know who the racists are? The left. The, the Democrats have gone right back to their roots. They're the ones that started the KKK. They're the ones who were the ones that were lynching black people in the South, and they're right back at it, uh, being the racist that they are, thinking that every Latino is the same. They come up with words like Latinx, which is offensive uh, to people who are Hispanic, uh, and they can't stand the fact that they get called out on it. And this is what this is. This is a guy who evidently from his LinkedIn profile is unemployed, collecting a government paycheck, and talking about me who risked my capital and money to employ Americans in Cleveland that are doing some amazing work. Yeah, he, he goes on to say, uh, does Carlton Laster, that that type of name, while steeped in the obliviousness of white privilege, subconsciously signals racial exclusion in a historical sense, while also being socioeconomically exclusive to those same communities today. Because I guess only white people can own uh, blockchain uh, and, and participate in uh, uh, cryptocurrency and purchases and so forth, right? Well, by the way, our company just got the diversity award, uh, our technology company, by the way, because you know what we do? This will sound crazy to you. We hire the best people, and we go out and find them, and whether they're black, Hispanic, Asian, women, we find the best and most talented people that we can find. And so here's a, he's taking a shot at the company who just got a diversity award. You know, I've done, I've done more for the black community in an hour than this guy's done his entire life. I put 400 black and Hispanic kids to try C. I put probably around the same number through CSU that I personally paid for the, uh, for them to go to school. I gave about 30 free cars to people in the community. I personally signed the loans of about 50 black uh, community members who had terrible credit going, coming out of the 0809 crisis that I was the co-signer on those loans and every single one of them paid their loans perfectly. So like I said, Bob, the sad part is a guy like this has done nothing to help his own community where I've been out there doing the work not for the last two months, but for the last 16 years. And for him to take these kinds of shots at me is just exactly what the left is. They're just a bunch of people who like to throw bombs and actually don't do anything themselves. You know what's ironic? We're talking with Bernie Moreno, U.S. Senate candidate. He's responding to some criticism over his latest round of campaign ads in which he highlights his and his family's legal immigration to the United States of America. And 
as I would think that a lot of people who went through the legal process, uh, a little bit of uh, expressing some problems with those who, you know, cut in line and uh, and cheat and get into this country illegally because of all of the uh, issues that, that arise from that. What's interesting, Bernie, is he does commend you when he says... Um, uh, let me find the line here that I want to use. I guess I'll go to the beginning of the paragraph. The thought of Mr. Moreno's policies and rhetoric being in line with the people, communities, and organizations of Cleveland, let alone Ohio, is wrong. Cleveland has a robust and engaged civic and philanthropic ecosystem, of which Mr. Moreno has been a part, and it has tirelessly served black, minority, immigrant, and low-income communities through social programs. He, 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 Whether it's inadvertent or not, he essentially says you have been a part of serving black and minority communities, yet here you come as a Senate candidate, for the wrong party, in his estimation, uh, supporting a can or a, a president rather in Donald Trump, which is the wrong guy in his estimation, and suddenly all of your philanthropic work and your devotion to uh, you know other ethnicities and supporting of minority communities, all of a sudden that's out the window. He even acknowledges that you're a part of it. Yeah, can you imagine, Bob, if I was running as a Democrat that said bad things about Donald Trump uh, and being the first Hispanic to run statewide? They would have me on the cover of every media outlet in Ohio every single day because I would fit their narrative. But what happens is when that they hate people who won't bow to their pressure. They hate people who don't fit their narrative because the reality is this. It's not complicated. Those of us who waited in line and feel it's an honor to be part of America, understood the history, assimilated with the culture, mastered the language, We find it extremely offensive that people who break our laws, cut in line, get rewarded and hailed as heroes. That is so offensive to us immigrants. It's offensive to a probably fourth or fifth or sixth generation American, but I promise you those of us who waited in line are infinitely more offended by it, which is why they're going to lose the Hispanic vote. I will predict to you right now that by 2024, more Hispanics will vote for Republicans than Democrats, and it scares the hell out of them. And they're also going to lose the black community because the black community is sick of them taking them for granted, sick of them being oppressed in bad schools, what they're doing with the COVID vaccine, what they're doing with uh, these government programs like defund the police. The black community has woken up to this, and the Democratic Party is going to be completely marginalized over the next few years. By the way, just for the sake of uh, being thorough, we uh, invited Carlton Laster to come onto this program to talk either with me or with you and me to talk about this, you know, face face to face slash voice to voice. He declined, saying, I do not in, uh, necessarily feel comfortable going on a conservative talk show about my piece. Uh, I would not want to be placed in a position to stand as a liberal foil or dragged into a debate on far-right talking points. I hope you can understand. This is what he said. So uh, apparently he doesn't feel as strongly about the merits of his piece to defend them in a conversation, a civil conversation, which I think tells us all we need to know. Um Stepping aside from Carlton Laster's criticism here now, Bernie, I want to talk about um, what something that I was told uh, on Saturday in Medina uh, at a speech that I gave that you were facing a recall of sorts from your position on the board at Tri-C over this campaign ad or maybe your campaign as a whole, uh, and that there was a hearing on Sunday or a meeting on Sunday about that. Can you update us on that? Yeah, so the... the uh, uh, Try C, who I've done, I've been on that board since 2007, I think 14, 15 years. Uh, they've gotten a lot of pressure because of people like Carlton, Cleveland Scene Magazine, all the socialists, by the way. You know, the, 
the couple dozen crazy socialists that make a, make enough noise that all these community leaders think it's the voice of the majority is putting a lot of pressure on them to ask me to resign from the Tri-C Foundation Board. And my comment back to them, meaning Tri-C, was why don't you find one of those people that's done anything. Bob, when I say anything, given $1, volunteered one hour to help the Hispanic or black community, and let's have a debate with them because the reality is you won't find them. All they do is make noise. So they've, they've uh, changed course. Instead, they're going to issue a statement. I haven't seen it, but they've asked me to stay on the board. But, you know, the worst thing that happened actually was Friday when Chris Quinn, who's the editor of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, the largest newspaper in Ohio, analogized me to a, being a Nazi sympathizer. And, Bob, for those of you who've never run for public office, your listeners who don't know what implications that has, is the death threats. I had somebody come to my home the other day turn on my water spigot, flood my uh, lawn, which then froze. And it wasn't so much that that was upsetting. It was the idea that knowing that my son's in that house and there's people that close to my front door. And that's a direct result of absolutely unhinged people like Chris Quinn, who has a very large position of power, calling me a Nazi sympathizer because I don't want people to come into America by breaking our laws. Think about that for a second. Yeah, that that is an astounding thing, and I did hear some of that uh, little podcast with Chris Quinn, and it was uh, it, it's beyond the pale uh, to say the very least. Bernie, I want to just take a minute or two here at the end of our conversation to talk about the Senate that you want to be a part of. You heard Joe Biden down in uh, Georgia yesterday calling for an end to the filibuster, if that's what it takes to get uh, federal uh, voting rights act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act passed, which essentially would. Um, remove the right of states to strengthen their own election laws, to make sure that voter ID is required, to make sure that people can only vote once, to make sure that you must be a citizen before you can vote. All of those things they want to tear up and throw out uh, by passing this Federal Voting Rights Act. What is your uh, analysis of what you're seeing in the Senate right now? Chuck Schumer, by the way, says that's what we're going to do. Well, I'll tell you this, Bob, and I'll make you a commitment. I'll make the people of Ohio commitment. I will go down to the Senate. My role, my number one objective is to lower the scale and size and scope of the federal government and return that power and vote to the states. We need to dramatically reduce the size of the federal government. It's the only way this country stays together, strong, and united. Our founders had it right. They understood this. They know that states are the ones that have uh, that, that should be making these kinds of decisions, not just on this, but on education and everything that affects people's lives. The federal government should be limited in its role. What's happened is that we've massively increased the, gov- the size of the central government. We cannot keep this country together if we keep doing that. I want to start a federalist movement in America to make certain that we really accomplish this. Because I'm telling you, Bob, if we don't, we cannot survive as one United States of America. It's my number one priority. This bipartisan infrastructure law, so-called, it does the exact opposite. You have my commitment. Any law that increases the size and scale of the federal government, I'll vote against, and I will absolutely introduce bills to defund things like the Department of Education, the EPA, things that increase the size of the federal government, I will be adamantly opposed to, and I'm hoping that I get some allies in the Senate and the House to make that happen. Bernie Moreno, candidate for Senate here in the state of Ohio. I wanted to give him a chance to respond to some of the really... uh 
outrageous criticism of uh, simple things like supporting legal immigration and opposing illegal immigration. I'm old enough to remember back when that used to be, be a, a popular concept. Uh, things have changed an awful lot in the last 12 months. Bernie, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate your response to that. Too bad you couldn't get your foil to come on here and uh, talk to you directly about it, but uh, I was glad to give you the opportunity. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for doing that. And I'll tell Carlton, if he wants to go on Liberal Media and have this debate, I'll be happy to do that with him. And uh, uh, would... for your uh, listeners, if you could check out BernieMoreno.com uh, so they can see my full range of positions. But again, Carlton, you want to go on a liberal uh, propaganda uh, show, which is basically everything except the Bob French show, I'm happy to have that debate with him. All right, Bernie. You know what? I would, I would pay to watch that, to be honest with you. Thanks, Bernie. Appreciate the time. now. Uh, We'll take a quick time out. Got time for some phone calls before the top of the hour. If you dial right now, 216-901-0945. Right back on Always Right. Always Right with Bob Franz. On AM 1420, The Answer. Bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will not let them. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? No! Bottom line. Stop. We have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. <laughs> we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. I get such a kick out of these people. <laughs> we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. Now, I want to know, is Chuck Schumer going to yell at Joe Biden and say, wait a minute. You're not getting your way, so you want to change the rules in midstream. Are you trying to create a banana republic? I would love for Biden to sit there and think banana republic, banana republic, with an image if it was a cartoon of his head of a banana split. Uh, we all know Joe and his ice cream. I mean, honestly, it's an, it's an embarrassing display. They, they seem to think that past statements just go away forever. They don't. They have constantly decried the idea of nuking the filibuster. They have already done so, by the way. Harry Reid made that mistake when it comes to confirming judges, and now that's why we get judges confirmed on a simple majority vote. But on the legislative filibuster, and by the way, I know not a ton of people like Mitch McConnell, and I don't have a whole heck of a lot of use for him either. But I'll tell you this. I love the fact that Mitch McConnell is being very, very uh, vocal about this, reminding them, if you change the filibuster to pass this voting rights legislation, I personally guarantee you will come to regret it. Because he knows full well that when the Republicans do return to the majority in the United States Senate, uh, we will be able to use that just the way we did in the confirmation of judges. 
we will be able to use that to pass legislation that will finally and hopefully permanently return the United States to its constitutional foundation. Mitch McConnell wants them to know, if you do this, you will live to regret it. In the same way that they have regretted it ever since Harry Reid blew up the filibuster for confirmations. Okay, 10 o'clock, we'll get news and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.